this one of my supervisors, he looked at me. He said, brought me in one day and said, Josh, I need to talk to you. And I was like, okay, yeah. He's like, Josh, look, man, whatever you do, do not be like me and everybody else in this building. Do not be 60 plus waiting on a paycheck, you know, doing the same thing every day, almost being a corporate slave. You know, yep. whatever, whatever you do, don't do it because there's more to life than this. Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Right. <laughs> yeah, Micah's, been a while since we. Oh, Micah's back. Micah's back. Yes, again. <laughs> uh, been a while since we cast it. Busy, real busy, man. It's been a minute, okay. man. We're on episode fifty-six already. Almost sixty. Dang. Yeah, we getting old. No. Uh oh. So we got a guest on today. We got uh our. Good friend right here in the DFW. We always talk about him, but it's finally his first time getting on. We got Josh on today. Yeah, Josh. What's his last name? I want you to say it, not me. I'll let him say it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Joshua Adigboye. Adigboye. Now, that's the coolest Adigboye. last name ever. All yeah, the- man. Yeah. So, go ahead. So, so, oh, yeah. So just uh, just a quick clarify, you know, I used to go Joshua Attaboy, but uh, that's how you pronounce my original last name. It's Adigboye. Ah, changed changed it up, huh? Changed it up on him. <laughs> Adigboye. Got you. I dig. I dig. Adigboye. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's cool, man. Uh, well. Welcome to Live That Thrive. We know that you're like a, a super fan of ours, and now you get to be on the show. So that's kind of that's that's probably a big deal for you, right? Yeah, it is actually. This is my first podcast, and you know when I first heard you guys' episode, I was like, man, one day, like if I can just get my my little infrastructure going, I'd love to be on the podcast. I'm glad to be here finally. Nice. How, how did you stumble across us? So. Actually, um, I went to a meetup um, in the Dallas Fort Worth area, and uh, Micah showed up. And you know, we were just talking about Airbnb and how we got started. And you know, he passed me one of your Live Let Thrive business cards, and I listened to the podcast. And then from there, I just binge watched the whole, listened to the whole thing, and went from there, man. Yep, that's cool, man. That's cool. We got a, our yeah. biggest fan on the on the show. Yeah. Yeah, because we've like really been trying to get Josh on him for a while, man. But this dude's gonna be a millionaire, man. This guy is this guy's a hustler. Man. <laughs> so, Josh, like, tell him what you've been doing in the Airbnb short-term rental world, man. Man, what haven't I been doing? Is the question. <laughs> so, I just want to put some, you know, perspective on things. I've only been here, I'd say, about nine months in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and uh, so far. Um, property managing couple units, working on two corporate arbitrages, and I'm doing some consulting here there for a client that wants to get started in the Airbnb. 
Damn. Yeah. You don't waste no God's time. No time. <laughs> Told you, man. The guy's a hustler. It took me so, 10, 10 years to jump into my first Airbnb. But, yeah, you're moving at a good pace. So you said you have an arbitrage, right? Yes. So, okay, so, like, go into how you got your arbitrage, what you got, what got you into arbitrage, and, and how's it working out for you? Okay. So... We, how I got into arbitrage, um, so moving into, when I first moved to Dallas, uh, around this time last year, um, I didn't have any property. So I was like, man, you know, everyone's using their house, the Airbnb, or, you know, using a friends or whatnot. I didn't have any property at that point. So I stumbled upon uh, your you guys, uh, your mentor, Al Williamson, and um, I ended up buying his course. And I learned about corporate arbitrage and whatnot. And then from there, I was like, man, if these guys can do it, I think I can get an arbitrage too. So I went on Craigslist and I emailed as much people as I can. I was like, hey, can I rent out your place? You know, I want to do this corporate arbitrage or whatnot, you know, and I would get so many no's until uh, one guy who's an Eritrean guy, young guy too, he's probably like his mid-30s, he was like, yeah, I got this condo, man, and no one doesn't want to rent it. It's in the middle of downtown Dallas. Do you think you could work your magic and make this work? I'd give you $1,400 um, $1, a month for it. I'm like, sure, I'll take it. <laughs> and mind you, this was literally, uh, I would say, mid-March when I got my first arbitrage, and he wanted me to move in within the next week. So I'm sitting here like, I have a two-bedroom condo in the middle of downtown Dallas, and I have a week to furnish this place. How am I going to do this? <laughs> and at first, I was panicking and, you know, freaking out a little bit. But from that, I kind of got myself and, you know, collected myself. And I was like, okay, let's go on Facebook Marketplace like Mike and Steve stated, you know. <laughs> go on OfferUp and find as much item as I can and you know, let's just get this place going, and Lord and behold, we got it done within a week. So, wow, yeah, so, yeah. See, that's the best part about DFW, the Facebook Marketplace, man. So, how much? Yeah, that's how, actually go ahead. Oh, sorry, how much did you spend to get a, the two? Is a two bedroom, two bath? Two bedroom, two bath. Yes. Okay, and how much did you end up spending to get that thing up and going? We spent about, I would say. Thirty-seven hundred dollars. Man, that's that's nice. Yeah, and it's not, and that's including the electronic door lock. That's including all of the furniture, bedroom sets, and we had to put in a little. And that's also including our transportation because I don't have a pickup truck, so you know we had to incorporate that. But yeah, about thirty-seven hundred. Wow, ain't bad for a two-bed, two-bath. That ain't bad at all. That's awesome. And what are you renting it out for? Like, are you you're doing Airbnb and corporate, or just corporate? Yeah, so we're actually doing both. Um, so when we were trying to get it going in our first two weeks, we Airbnb'd, and then when we got our first client, we were able to rent it out for twenty two hundred a month. It's a good spread. That ain't bad. Yeah, it's a good spread, man. That ain't bad at all. Twenty two hundred a month. Yep. Man, and 
So are you doing are you doing like one person in there or are you doing like two nurses or two people? How are you running that? So we have currently we have two traveling nurses in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but our initial plan was to kind of split the rooms into two to where we would pair traveling nurses so they would each have their own bedroom and bathroom, but they wouldn't know each other. So that's how we were approaching it, but it just so happened our first client, she wanted uh, to room in with their roommate who she happened to work with, and we was, we was able to have them two in there together. So each of them got their own bedroom? Yes, sir. Oh, nice. And what did you, so were you living there too, or did you have to, or we had, you had another spot? Oh, I already I had another spot. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you don't want to get in between two nurses. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> He's a single guy. He might. No. <laughs> no um. Show him the arbitrage. So, um, that's cool, man. So you started doing that, started making some good money at it, and then, um, and you just wanted to keep on going, huh? Yeah, man. I, to be honest with you, I kind of felt like once I. Put in uh, once we had the client in there, you know, there wasn't any more work to be done. So I was like, man, I'm just sitting around doing nothing. You know, what's next? And, you know, from there, I uh, looked into property management and, uh, you know, just seeking out clients who want to rent out their place on Airbnb. And, you know, that was another uh, roadblock in itself. But all the same thing. And, you know, just got to keep it going. So what you mentioned was cool because you just kept hitting up people, hitting up people on Craigslist and, and getting no's and no's and no's. And most of us, you know, after a few no's, maybe even one no, we'll be like, ah, screw this, it ain't going to happen. But you were persistent and you were creating your funnel by asking as many people as you could until you finally got someone in that funnel. And, I mean, it worked out. I mean, it's just like, you know, there's you just dig a little bit deeper and you're going to finally hit that gold, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Persistence is key, man. Persistence is huge, and that's awesome. And so the your next thing after you you got that one rented out, and what did you do next? Um, after that, we went into property management. So I'm uh, working with uh, two clients at the moment who are looking to get their place furnished and up and going on Airbnb. So you're helping them pick out all the furniture, everything? We're working on that. They prefer to purchase the furniture on their own and kind of, you know, structure it in the way that they face their needs because it's, they live in Richardson and Irvine and it's more of a, it attracts more of a business clientele. So they want to purchase their, a little bit more high end furniture. Oh, nice. So how much do you charge to, uh, to manage? So we, I charge typically twenty five. I'm sorry, twenty percent of the revenue from Airbnb. Awesome, yeah. awesome. So that's twenty percent net, right? Correct. Okay, cool. That's a good chunk of change. Yeah. Where are you looking to expand? Are there any places in DFW looking to expand to? Or uh, initially, I was looking to expand in Arlington. Just because of the Cowboy Stadium and <laughs> no go. You know, that's but, that's actually uh. I'll oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was looking to expand there, but you know it's not looking too good at the moment. So. 
Let's actually dive into that again because some interesting stuff came up. I don't. Have we talked about it on the podcast? Have we talked about Arlington, City of Arlington, not, shutting not, down Airbnb? You haven't talked about it in a while. Not actually. in a while. I think your listeners not, need to get a little bit of update. <laughs> yeah, because like I don't, I don't think they know that. Like they officially, the city officially said, like you have to have, live on the property. They kind of did the Colorado on us. You have to live on the property in order to Airbnb it. But of course, every nothing's been enforced, right? Right. Yeah, it hasn't so, passed yet. So, but it's it's um it's right there. It seems like it's gonna pass. It seems like they're gonna do something like that. Yeah. So another interesting thing. So uh, one of our past guests, um, Tracy, great guest, she actually hit me up the other day, and she wants to move the Airbnb short-term housing meetup to the actual city council meeting tomorrow. I was going to do it, but we have a few investors that are coming. So it was, I was like, ah, I don't know if I'll be able to move it because. You know, we have investors coming from out of town. One guy named Saeed, he's actually coming from Chicago. He manages a bunch of units. So, yeah, man. So, I don't know. Like, I don't know how. But then me and Steve were talking. I'm like, man, do you want to hop in the middle of that? Because, I mean, I personally can still Airbnb because I live on my property. And I do <laughs> corporate everywhere else. So, I don't know if that's something. Uh, Steve, are you going to be attending? or? Oh, man. If, if I get time, I will. If I get time, because I mean, if I do, if I do rent and now, because see, that's the thing I was thinking about, about this house here where I live, which we, which we yeah. love and, and I wanted to Airbnb here also, you know, mm-hmm. but if it's going to be my primary res, like you said, even if it passes, it won't affect me that much because I'll still be able to do it. Right. Yeah. And then, um, but it does make me apprehensive about buying more properties here in Arlington. And I told yeah. you, but right across the street is the is the GP, Grand Prairie, and so yeah, <laughs> unless That's Jerry true. buys buys their votes too, I don't know. But anyways, we love you, Jerry. You're bringing a whole bunch of business here to the you know the Cowboys Stadium and stuff. But man, you got to own everything, bro. I mean, I mean, it, it's it's interesting, you know. I mean, uh, if he's hopping into the hotel industry, yeah, you got to protect your asset, you know. I, get I those. told you. Go ahead. I sent you that article. I said, look, he's getting into the hotel industry, man. It's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, Arlington's a tough market. I mean, it, it is hands down the best place for an Airbnb in the DFW area because of all the attractions. But I don't know. And then all the city of Arlington just put in a bid to try to get the Amazon HQ2 headquarters. I'm like, dang, you know. <laughs> so maybe this is all full circle, you know. <laughs> Now that's confusing to me. They don't even have mass transit here, but they want the HQ2 here. Via. Via. Yeah, via. So, uh, so where, where, where? You said you've only been here nine months, Josh. Where, where'd you come from before that? So, I just graduated last year from the New Jersey Institute of Technology. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's an engineering technology school in Newark, New Jersey. Not a safe place to be, but. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is man. what it is. Yeah, I've, I've flown in and out of Newark before. Yeah, it looks a little rough around the edges. <laughs> nah, it's not that bad to be honest with you. You know, downtown is a place that they're really trying to gentrify, and you know, with Amazon still being one of the, you know, with Newark being a bid for Amazon HQ two, you know, it's a thriving place to be. And if I had some capital going i would definitely try to get a condo in newark right now really yeah huh 
Yeah, man, you gotta follow the economy. If you're going yeah. to corporate, you gotta follow the economy. Yeah, I had I, a... I'm... No, go ahead. Uh, I, I was gonna say, like, that. that's truly one of my plans, is wherever Amazon HQ2 goes, get a condo there. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's 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 a safe bet, man. I mean, Amazon ain't going nowhere, you know, so it's a safe bet. But you gotta do it before they go there. Well, you gotta know where they're going first. Because the prices will just, like, double. As soon as that news hits... Everybody's gonna be charging double for their spots over there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. So that's cool. So you you and what kind of what kind of job do you do? So I'm an electrical engineer at the moment by day. Nice, nice. Cause I've seen I've seen on Facebook you've been getting all kinds of awards and stuff. What are those for? Uh, <laughs> so um, when I was. Back in college, I was really active on my campus. Um, I was president of the National Society of Black Engineers. Um, I was working with um, the dean of student, the dean of engineering, excuse me, um, trying to get some things moving that I felt that, you know, would be a really positive effort, you know, for the students on campus. So I was blessfully rewarded with a lot of you know accolades when i was in college so nice man i was pretty active in college too a lot of keg stands and some herbage little <laughs> walk, walks of shame you know different kind of active <laughs> i can only imagine Steve. Yeah. that's back in the day though you know i'm a, I'm a family man now Got it all out of my system. See, if anything, you know, <laughs> college saddles a lot of people with a lot of debt and a lot of useless degrees. But you get a lot of you get a lot of that, uh, you know, partying out of your system while you're there. In my in my you know in my experience, I wasn't I was I was president of the keg stand. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you do a lot, you do a lot of partying out, you know. <laughs> but anyways, um, man, that's cool, man. So you've been um. You've been kicking some butt for a long time now, and and so you 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 have a great career. Most people say, okay, that's it. I got my great career. Now I'm gonna get my big old house and my big old cars. But what what I mean, this is what I love about this younger generation. And I say younger because I'm 40, so you're younger. And um, they're they're thinking. I don't know. I don't. Uh, there's so much podcast, so much information, so much stuff like that. That a lot of a lot of the the youth aren't fall don't want to fall into that trap. They've seen what it does to their parents and stuff like that. And so they want to they want to invest smartly, you know, save their money and get into things that will generate some passive income. I mean, is that I mean, what inspired you to do this? Man, that's a good question. Uh, I think what really started me on this I guess, entrepreneurial journey was I remember I did an internship uh, back in 2013. Um, I got to fly out to uh, Ellisville, Missouri, which is pretty much the suburbs of St. Louis, per se. And I was working as a sales engineer intern. And you know, I got to see a lot of the company and what they did. But I think what I took away a lot from that internship was the people. And I'll be honest with you. Like, I remember uh, this one of my supervisors, he looked at me, he said, brought me in one day and said, Josh, I need to talk to you. And I was like, okay, yeah. He's like, Josh, look, man, whatever you do, do not be like me and everybody else in this building. Do not be 60 plus 
waiting on a paycheck, you know, doing the same thing every day, almost being a corporate slave, you know, yep. whatever, whatever you do, don't do it because there's more to life than this. And I was just at the time I was 19 years old and I was like, man, like if this guy could literally pull me in the office and tell me to not continue this corporate slave or this system that everybody is, you know, that we're kind of forcing to believe in is the only way. I was like, man, I got to do something about it. So then I started, you know, I asked him, say, hey, what books would you recommend I should read? And he gave me the probably the got the Bible of real estate, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by <laughs> Robert Kiyosaki. And uh, man, that really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And, you know, I kind of from there, I was just always interested in, you know, real estate and how things, you know, how property is being purchased and how people utilize it. And really, I just try to focus on how the people as in the consumer can really benefit from that. So to bring it back all circle, I found my passion and my goal is to use my passion and interest to get me out of the corporate slavery. Nice, man. That's awesome. Mentors are priceless. Yes, they are. The only free thing in this world is advice and that's what they give. (laughs) Uh, what are your What are your goals, man? Because you said you're trying to you you got your arbitrage going. Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, all right, so I actually wrote down my five year plan. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. That means it's gonna happen. <laughs> so, uh, in five years, my plan is to have twenty eight doors. Um, I plan a cash flow. Two point three million every year with a net worth of twenty five million dollars <laughs> by thirty. Now, when when you say twenty eight doors, you mean you plan to own twenty eight doors? I plan to own twenty eight doors. Correct. Okay, so the the arbitraging and the um, managing that's all just a, a a means to an end then to, to gather up cash and start buying houses. Exactly. Now, what kind of houses, what are you looking for in a house or a condo or whatever? And, like, are you looking for something for Airbnb or corporate? Or are you looking for something, just a regular long-term rentals or a mix of the three? Uh, I'm looking primarily, well, it's a mix of the three, but my focus is really corporate rentals. Just because you get the benefits of having a long-term stay on a shorter term. And typically your clientele are more professional, so... They'll treat your properly. They'll treat your prop. They'll treat your proper. They'll treat your property <laughs> a lot more carefully than they would, you know, a regular tenant. So, but also I know the benefit of where Airbnb and other short-term platforms are going. So let's say if I had some units in Arlington, or let's say Frisco, Plano area, you know, where Airbnb is up and coming or doing very well that would also be in a benefit. So just to really diversify my portfolio. And now um, I'm assuming that you're going to, that you're going to use leverage to, to stack them up, you know, quickly, like five years. I mean, you're going to, you're going to have to use some leverage. Are you comfortable with doing that? And then do you see a point where you just want to pay them all off? 
That's a good question, Steve. Um, one thing that I think a lot of us as, I would say, citizens of America that we don't realize is that at the end of the day, we really don't own the property that we have. We're kind of just a, how should I say, a, a holder, a title holder of the property. So I understand a lot of people get a lot of gripe about, oh, well, you're accumulating all the debt and you're responsible for paying a lot of mortgage. But one thing I've kind of realized, and I think that if I want to make reach my monumental goal is that I have to, you know, be willing to take a lot of risks. And I think this is one risk that I think might be beneficial uh, for me in the long run. Yeah, nice. man. We ain't with that Dave Ramsey crap. <laughs> yeah, that's funny because, like, I mean, Jerry Jones didn't pull out his wallet and buy the Cowboy Stadium cash, right? He put a mortgage on that mug. And and um, what's his name? Um, the, the Facebook guy. Um, he bought, like, a two-point-something million-dollar mansion, but he put a mortgage on it. I mean, he could have bought it cash, right? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, that's true, man. But I his mean, argument was he could, the, you know, get the low interest rate. He can make more putting that two million dollars in the markets where he, where he's, you know, he can like make triple that. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, a lot of people don't realize you can use debt to get ahead, you know. And I think I'm, I'm gonna try to get a duplex, um, just based off of using the equity that I already have, you know. Try to get a duplex or a fourplex. Just get a multifamily, you know. That's what I'm trying to do. At now, the moment, so. now, personal finance, yeah, I could see try to be as debt free as you can personally, right? But yeah. houses, I think houses, condos, whatever we're trying to accumulate, that's kind of like our business side. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. So, how did you come up with the with those numbers? You know, like the how much your cash flow you want, and how much um, net worth you want, and all that. Because we asked uh, Micah asked for your five year plan. And you gave us the money of it. And so what what did uh, what made you come up with those particular numbers? Um, the way I was able to come up with those numbers was I was kind of speculating based on how much cash flow um, I could make per door, per, per door, which is the range is about, comes out to about an average of $1,500, $1,500 a month. So... Multiply all that by 128, and you get 192k a month, which comes out to about 2.3 million a year. So, damn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big believer that if you think that you can accomplish something, and literally, when I see these numbers, I'm very scared. It's like, whoa, how am I going to do this? But I think that if you come up with a dream that is really just makes yourself just want to go, what the heck am I thinking? You know, I think that's something and you pursue it. I think that's something that would want you to kind of move forward to and say, Hey man, I think I could do this, you know, cause whether or not you believe it or not, you're right. What's, what's that famous quote? If your dreams don't scare the hell out of you, you ain't dreaming big enough. Yeah. Yep. But in this case, it ain't a dream. That's a vision, man. You dream when you're sleeping. When you you have a vision, man. You wrote it out. That's a vision. Visions can come. You can bring a vision, man. A dream. It's hard to bring a dream. That's a vision, man. Everyone I, has you. 
That's the difference between a dream and a vision. You got a game plan. So that that's money calling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, okay. You gave us your 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 money goals. Okay. Now the five year plan. Okay, give us some life goals, man. What do you? What is your? They always ask, "What is your why? Why are you doing this? Why do you want to make so much money? Or what do you? What do you plan on doing with it? And um, do you? One, one thing that's cool because you know money is freedom. To me, I see money as freedom. Like you can live somewhere in the, anywhere in the world, as long as you're getting that income coming in, you can live like you know live great anywhere. Right. Is that appeal to you? Or I mean, what do you, what are your plans? Like your your life plans? Right. So funny, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because. To be honest with you, it's not the monetary value that I'm really looking for and chasing. I think it's it's really the opportunity of what you could do with it. You know, one of my main, you know, me coming from someone who lived in a low income family and, you know, my parents lived paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, we've had a roof over our head and food to eat. You know, I've always you know, been grateful of that. But I also wondered what would be like if if there's a better life outside of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me being African-American, I always wondered, is there a way for us as a community, not even African-American, but just as a people, for us to be able to achieve what the quote-unquote American dream is? And one of my goals is to really try to accumulate as much wealth as I can and really just give it back and have systems and have programs where we're teaching our youth, you know, how, what is the benefits of entrepreneurship, you know, how to get exposed to finance and, you know, re- really learning the skills that allow you to be a successful in America. So that's really my goal with, you know, acquiring all this wealth and just to be a role model for the youth that is coming up in our next generation president josh attic everybody give it up for president that was dope <laughs> that was a dope one right there man i, I don't you know what, you. I, I don't know what your politics are but i'm gonna vote for you if you run for president <laughs> straight up uh, man. that was dope right there man i got some I, some people right now just decided to become entrepreneurs after listening to that straight up <laughs> How how old are you, Josh? I'm 24. 24. Man, I wish I had stuff figured out like you did when I was 24. Re- it's funny because a lot of people, they always ask me, like, man, how do you know, like, so much? And how are you? You're so young and whatnot. And I think I was one of those lucky people to always had people who were kind of older than me. And there was a the one that said, hey, Josh, you know, I used to do this, don't be like me. Or, hey, Josh, you know, you don't have to go this route. You can better yourself and pursue education and make something better. And I was one of those lucky people who just listened. I was like, okay, everyone around me is saying they wish their life was better. Let me be the person that actually does it and is an example of that. Hell yeah. Yes, sir. (laughs) Dropping some knowledge today. Hell yeah. And um, real quickly, what um, your last name? What what is your heritage? Where where is your family from? So my mom is from Abuja, and my father is from Ekiti State, which is in the country of Nigeria. Oh, nice! 
You ever go there and visit? I do. I go there at least twice every four years. Oh, nice. Yeah. You see yourself doing some Airbnb and out over that way? Oh, yeah, man. Lagos is a great state to do some Airbnb, man. Really? You know, it is. Um, a, lot, a lot of people don't realize it doesn't cost a lot to acquire property in Lagos. I would say with under 2000 US dollars, you could have a nice condo in the middle of the city. And, you know, you're getting a lot of tourists in that particular city. And the city is always, you know, the place to be. You know, a lot of the artists and musicians go to Lagos to perform. So it it'll be a great place to invest in the Airbnb. What are they? And so if they have a lot of tourists there, are they, they're willing to pay the American money then, right? Correct. Ooh, man. See, I'm trying to go to Ghana, man, and you're giving me the Lagos idea. I might have to hop on that, man. I got five on it. Yeah, we gotta hop in that. that, that that's a uh, man. Two G's, man. Steve, we can go over there and snap all of that up, man. <laughs> yeah, you see yourself retiring back over there, or or what? I do actually. My my long term retirement plan is to go back home to Nigeria. You know, raise my family, and you know, try to you know continue my phil- philanthropic ventures. Wow, and and by long term you mean like ten years you'd be retired already, right? <laughs> Something like that. Shoot, five years if they, if your five year plan hits. Shoot. Oh yeah, you're in there. <laughs> All right, ah, man. There's more to go, man. There's I gotta more ask, to go. I gotta ask you yeah. guys because I know y'all teamed up and y'all are doing a little thing called Share BNB. Could y'all could y'all describe what that is and and how it's going? Well. No, share BNB is me. Josh, Josh is uh, comfy living. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah. Josh cool. is comfy living. Uh, we pretty much we both do arbitrages. Um, he's yeah. He he has his units. I just actually just got a unit yesterday, day before nice. yesterday. Nice. And uh, yeah, man, that's pretty much it. You just go in, grab units, arbitrage them, rent them back out. Um, I'm trying to get. I want at least. This is gonna sound crazy, but by next year, I want between fifty to one hundred un- units that are Airbnb and corporate arbitrage. Ooh. Yeah. Oh wow! Hey how man, many, go for it. How many you plan on purchasing? Uh, I plan on purchasing as soon as the market crashes. <laughs> unless, unless I run across a duplex. That's unless I can. The only way I'll buy right now is if it's like a super hot deal. That's a multifamily. Other than that, I, I want the market to tank. Market tanks. I have the cash. Go buy everything you can. Goes back up. Hey, I'm not wishing that on. You know, I'm not wishing bad, but I'm just saying because right now, man, we're in a seller's market, and it's prices are crazy out there. If you're looking, like people are bidding fifteen thousand dollars over asking prices to get. Like, that is crazy, man. That is insane. It's nuts, man. So I mean. So people are bidding that. What do you think these appraisals are coming out to? That means people are dipping in their pocket with cash. Like, man, I'd save that cash. You know what I mean? But if HDQ gets here, then, you know, all bets are off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But then then the guy today, like my good friend Nick from back home, he said he he thinks it's going to D.C., which I could see it. That would be a good place. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I keep telling you I have a gut feeling it's Atlanta. 
I should go ahead and buy some spots in Atlanta. I feel that good about it. Well, not my question. What makes you think Atlanta? Because I, 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 I don't know. That's like the hot city, man. It's mm-hmm. the hot city. A lot of young talent over there. Um, yeah. Centrally located, close to you know, close to the east, close to you know, right in the middle. Uh, and Dallas, you know, Dallas is Dallas. We got a lot of stuff here already. But um, I think I think the young the young hip crowd want to get into Atlanta. That's just really? me. that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. That's, I can see the young crowd wanting to go over there. Yeah, I think they have the infrastructure. Though. You don't? Oh, really? No, no. That's what I'm asking because I don't know. Do they have the talent pool to say, "Hey, Amazon's HQ's coming here," or are you just thinking everybody? Well, I think people are going to bombard there anyway, but. The infrastructure, I don't know. Arlington ain't got the infrastructure like you said earlier. <laughs> we don't got nothing. We got the Cowboys, that's it. But, I okay, go ahead and cross Detroit. I, people are smoking something thinking Detroit's going to be the next. <laughs> Come on, man. It's, it's <laughs> What young talent wants to go live in Detroit? Come on. And, um, and D.C., you know, he made, a, he made an interesting point about how you know that's where all the NSA spies are, and they're going to work for Amazon and spy on us, spy on us even more, so they can know every single thing we do and hear everything we say in our houses. If we say, "Oh crap, I need some milk," all of a sudden milk will pop up in our front door. You know, he made a, an interesting ar- argument about it, but there's like 12 year olds all over the country that can already they already know how to do all that crap. They don't have to go to Washington D.C. to do that to get the talent pool from there. Yeah, that's true. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It, it's going to be interesting wherever that place goes. Man. Hot Amazon Atlanta. Needs to Hot Atlanta. How about you, Josh? Where's your bid at? <laughs> I'll be honest. It's my alma mater, Newark, New Jersey. Newark. Newark? I think, yeah, because as I mentioned before, Newark is a really thriving place to be. And, you know, you have easy access to New York City. You know, you're you're just in the tri-state area, and I think if they're looking to bring jobs and have the hottest talent, I think Newark would be the best place to be. Sweet. I I don't think so, but yeah, that's a good. <laughs> that's a good. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, I mean, the hot places are. I think yeah, Newark. Wherever you got the tech heads at. Yep. And I think right now DFW is. Hot for tech heads, you know. Um, Atlanta's Atlanta's a come up spot. Um, same with Newark. I think they have the infrastructure and the talent pool. Um, Austin. Austin. Austin's too yeah, crowded Austin. already, though, man. Austin. <laughs> I don't think Austin cares. Austin's just building on top of each other. I think they're straight going New York on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Wherever I tell people, wherever, wherever, truly, wherever they go, we probably need to go by there, man. Um, how do y'all feel about the economy? Like, not the economy, but the real estate market. Do y'all see it? Any drastic changes coming, or what? How about you, Josh? That's a good question. I, from what I'm seeing, I think it's only going to get worse from here. To be honest with you, it's interest rates are going up, prices are going up. I think. At this point in time, it's a seller's market, but I think that you're probably, if you don't see yourself buying a property, a property in the next, I'd say, 
I'd give it less than a year, then I would just hold off until the crash. Because we're due for a correction in a couple yeah. years. So if you see yourself and you want to invest short term, I would get one now before it gets worse. But if you can hold on, I'm banking on that crash so I can get those 128 doors. <laughs> yeah, because I think the crash is expected between, I think, 2024 and 2026, I believe. I believe. I'm not sure. But like, but even at that, that's, what, eight, six, four, eight years? Eight years. What do you think the market is going to be doing in that time? Like, prices are through the roof. Like, my whole block, like three or four houses on my block, are, are they put their houses up for sale. And when I went to pick up, that's why we started so late. When I went to pick up the furniture, I was actually in your neighborhood, Steve. It's like four houses for sale in your neighborhood. Really? Yeah. Like, man. all for sale, man. Man, people trying to cash in. Also, could you all guys enlighten me? Because I was talking to one uh, investor, and he was saying that during the previous recession, the DFW era didn't really feel the crash. I, is that true? It was a lot lower prices, but it, it wasn't like um, it wasn't foreclosure city like um, like you know Las Vegas or Miami or mo- a lot of spots. We didn't. We, it, it wasn't just like Armageddon, but prices did go down. And, yeah, and but the, yeah, not drastically. Cause like I remember when I was looking, I was like, man, you know, I thought there was a crash going on. Why? I was, I had it in my mind, you know, I wanted to spend like, like um, seventy or eighty thousand on a house. You know, this is about, this is old school thinking. And um, <laughs> they, and they still, um, and they were still kind of like a hundred, a hundred or more. You know, for a, for a house that I was looking for. And I mean, I lucked out and I got one for like. For like eighty nine thousand, but still, they were still, they were still, it was still stable here, and um, and it corrected pretty quickly. I mean, well, it's it stayed like low for a little while, but then you know now, just the last the last few years, it's been it's been nuts, dude. So, yeah. and I the thing is, you know, it's different than back in back then. Back then, there was um, there was a there was housing for the middle class. I mean, there was like, um, they, the, the problem was they kept building new houses, building new houses out. And so the prices of the pre, the, the older ones were dropping and dropping and dropping. And, and then, um, and finally the people were, you know, buying too much house. And of course the crash and everybody was getting loans. Even if you didn't have a, a job, you can get a damn home loan. It was ridiculous. But, and that's what made the crash. But, but, but now it's, um, it's a lot, it, you know, it's more difficult to get a house. They, you got to prove everything, prove your income, prove your credit, all that stuff, and then um, and there's not enough um, 150 to 200 thousand dollar houses for people. the The builders only want to build those giant, monstrous, you know, 300, 400, 500 thousand dollar houses that people can't afford. So every time one pops up for anywhere, but you know, between 180 to 200 thousand, there's like 20 bidders for that damn house. It's just not enough um, middle class houses out there. Yeah, and I mean, it's every time I, I, I pass by like four or five neighborhoods, oh, because I'm always on the road now picking up stuff, getting stuff ready for our arbitrage. Every time I'm on the road, man, every single like new housing development, you know how they post little signs, these are how much these houses are going to cost? All of them say mid 300000 See? Like literally right down the street from me, that whole housing development is, you have to have at least three hundred and fifty k to get in. So, I mean, it's crazy. And see, 
let's put things into perspective again. I'm 24 and I just graduated from college. I have student loan debt. You know, I have a make a decent salary, but there's so many pressures as a young guy coming or gal coming out of college that it makes it very difficult for us to be able to get into real estate or get in the stock market when it just seems like the economy itself is beating us down before we even get a chance to even penetrate. Yeah, man. But but I think I, I 100% agree with that. And, and I think like with things like the share economy, the Airbnbs, the, the Ubers, all this other thing, other um, ways to create income, I think we have to like, especially us young people like ourselves, we have to use that to our advantage. You know, like Uber, uh, Airbnb, uh, just coming up with different ways to create income. I think that's our biggest advantage. And the thing that uh, because I was talking to a mentor of mine and he was talking about, hey, pretty much how I could stay off my job. Um, Pretty much finding a way to where you can create income on the 1099 and have two years of it. Because if you have two years of it, I guess that's when you can start getting loans again. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, and the whole time that I was working my job, I realized, oh, shoot, I'm already building that up. So in January, I'll have full two years of um, of 1099 income where I could just show that to a bank. And I feel like everyone who's young, get in on that now, like the Ubers, the Airbnbs, you're already on the right track. So you can start building up your own personal income and use that to your advantage. Because right now, man, yeah, because they're going to look at your debt to income ratio. This is how much you make. This is like Damn, you know what I mean? It seems like it's a roadblock, but we have to use those to our advantage. Got to hustle, man. Got to hustle. Let's. Yeah, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take it all the way back to like when when I first met you. It was at a meetup, and you were talking about buying this house out there in Dallas, right? (laughs) And and tell us tell us about this particular house because this is an interesting story. Okay, so. Well, you want me to talk about how I found the house, or you want me to talk about the update on the house? Yeah, the whole thing, the whole shebang. Oh, okay. So there's this particular area in Dallas, um, it's Fair Park, closer by the State Fair. Um, it's a really, it's a developing area, and um, I saw a new construction go on the market. It's two be- a three bedroom, two bath, fifteen hundred square foot, and it's they kind of market it as a smart new construction home. It had all the latest technology, had Tesla solar panels, it had Nest thermometers and outdoor cameras, and it was going for, I believe, 175000 So, you know. It's cheap. Very cheap. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I could afford that. So I go in, I put the bid. I'm under contract. Um, we were supposed to close February of 2018. And as the date approaches February, they're telling me I get a call from my realtor saying that the builder ran out of money and they're not looking to finance the deal. So I either have two options. I could either push back my closing date to September of 2018, six months later, or I could get a construction loan and finish the deal about April of 2018. And I sit back and mind you, I'm looking at the deal and you know I'm a young guy or whatever. So 
you know, I'm pretty sure they think they could kind of one-up me or whatever, but I'm sitting here like, hmm, they want me to use my quote-unquote money for them to build this house. And if they make mistakes or if anything goes wrong, it's technically my money, you know, the loan for me to pay. And I'm like, I don't think this is a good deal. So I asked my mentors, I asked my friends, and we all came to the conclusion that, yeah, this was this was not a bad deal. And I did my homework on this deal and I found out that what the builder did, they offered the same deal to four potential homeowners that are also purchasing new home construction. And out of the four of us, three of them all changed to a construction loan. And I was like, wait. So they were able to, the builder was able to find a way to get homeowners to commit to financing their home without having to put a dime into this project. And I was like, man, I'm glad I have some business knowledge to kind of see what was going on before I ended up in a situation that I didn't want to be in. So so you were able to pull out of that deal without losing any money at all? Correct. So because we was, a, uh, at that point, we already surpassed the closing date of February 28, 28. So it states in the contract that if the builder does not complete its end of the deal, I could get my earnest money back. And that's what I did. Oh, good thing, man. Good thing. And yes. um, but there's other people that that actually bit and and you know took that deal. I guess did they end up getting those houses after all or no? So they're actually still in construction at the moment. So they're in phase two of the build. So it's still going. It's supposed to be done in sep- September in the next couple of months. But I'm interested we'll to see how. <laughs> What kind of work they end up doing? I mean, they seem shady already, you know. Yeah. But it's always, I mean, throughout my life, I've seen it a lot. You see the latest, um, you see the cool, you know, you hear about a cool product. This one is the Elon Musk um, tiles, you know, the roof tiles that yep. are solar. And that's like, everybody heard about those. And, oh, wow, solar tiles. That's that's cool. And um Back in the day, I don't know. Okay, let's say back going way back when the internet started. When I was, (laughs) I started first using the internet. It was uh, companies would pop up, and all they had to do was put like World Wide Web or internet on their company. You're like, wow, this is a good company to invest in, you know, because they're using the internet. (laughs) So, and they would scam people out of money. And it's just like always, all these scams are always popping up using the greatest latest thing to put on it and say this is, you know, this is the Elon Musk house. You got, you know, for 175K, blah, blah, blah. And then they, you know, this the bait and, what's it called? The bait and switch. They got you, they got you all excited. Got a lot of people all excited. And then boom. Oh, yeah. By the way, you have to change your loan on us. Yep. Hold on. What were, what were y'all talking about? Solar panels or? We were talking about the, you know, how they, the, the company's trying to do the bait and switch, trying to like scam people using, using the technology angle. Like a lot of people use trying to sell stuff using this technology angle. Oh man, that, that's funny you guys said that. Um, that's actually a very good point you made because um, I was looking at the. I was telling you the house across the street from me is for sale, and um, they, they, they're pretty. Much, they're, they're one of their selling points was, hey, we have solar panels, you know. Uh-oh. And the realtor, she goes, "Oh yeah, you be careful with those." And I'm like, "What?" She goes, "Oh, most of them have loans on them that you got to pay for if you buy the house." And I'm like, "Oh snap," <laughs> you know. And, she goes, yeah. She goes, those things aren't cheap. You know, she goes, the solar panels aren't cheap. She goes, 
yeah, it, it looks good because it's taken out of your electric bill. You know, your your bill goes down, but yeah, you still have to pay the loans on those things. So, yeah, people do use that. Hey, here's the new technology. I think I made a Facebook post the other day, and I was like, hey man, don't be the person to fall for the. Hey, I'll sell you my house with all the furniture in it. Uh, it's already Airbnb ready, you know. And <laughs> people are overpricing houses. I, I seen some lady in Colorado doing it, you know, and I'm like. You can't even do Airbnb in Colorado. You're selling a house that you can't do. Yeah, so it's crazy, man. Yeah, people use that all the time, that new technology, man. Airbnb ready. <laughs> well, I'm glad you yeah. didn't fall for that, man. I'm glad I'm glad you got out of that deal. It's a blessing in disguise. And yeah. now, you know, it propelled yeah. you even further in your business in your business dealings. Yeah. Everything yeah. happens for a reason, man. Yeah, let's jump into something. Okay. Okay, right now at this particular moment, what what kind of property are you looking at? Are you looking to buy another condo? Are you looking to arbitrage? I mean, do you like one bedrooms? Do you like two bedrooms? And go ahead and tell us um, how you how you try to utilize the space and get the most bang for the buck. How do you go in there and and do your thing? So, for me, what I really look for is primarily one and two bedroom, just because of my clientele typically my clientele typically is you know business travelers um so the number one thing i look for is location 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 and i try to find areas that are airbnb friendly but also if there's a walmart or there's a pharmacy store um in the vicinity or if if it's an uber ride under 20 bucks away from a large attraction in the city. Um, so I really focus on location. And then in terms of, you know, how do I utilize the space? Um, I really try to put a intricate eye for detail in terms of what kind of furnishing I'm using. Um, I try to stay away from, you know, I try to make sure that I budget my furniture to be, to have some type of good value, but it's not you know, it's not broken down. It's not worn, you know, too much. So I really just try to put my unique taste on it, per se. And, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I look for. Hmm. Yeah, man. That's cool. Because I, I heard another guy on another podcast saying that, well, he does the Airbnbs and he does, like, um, the, um, the corporate rentals and stuff. And his take on it was like he he only does two bedrooms and up because it keeps him out of head head to head competition with hotels. Because when you do one bedroom, you know most hotels are just one bedroom. But it's still, I mean, but if you look at it a different way, I mean, but they don't come with kitchens and stuff. Uh, he must be talking about extended stays. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's just probably his competition. Cause, yeah, because whenever you go corporate, yeah, you have to look, extended stays become your competition, which is still a hotel. So I can see I see why he would do that. That makes sense. So if I go the two bedroom route, get a kitchen, then it's for a larger family. Let's say two traveling nurses. Like look at Josh's example, two traveling nurses. They can pay that, you know, a higher price. Yeah, right, that makes right. sense. Um, I, I've heard people like uh, I know. Brian Page, I think I think Brian Page pre- preaches that in his formula, the two bedroom method, to stay out of direct competition with hotels as well. That's cool. Hey Josh, um, what else are we gonna ask? 
It just slipped out of my head. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we were talking about the, the two-bedroom thing. Uh, say something, Micah. It just slipped out of my head, man. Oh, one thing I was actually going to talk about was really earlier, you guys, you touched on it for a second. You said uh, full smart homes. Do you think smart homes will start making a uh, – because I, I do. I think Steve said it a while ago. I, I do want to Airbnb a smart home. I think you can make huge money off that. Do you all see smart homes coming into play here soon, like especially in the DFW? I think, I think they're already full-blown in like certain parts of California, like, of course, Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. You think we could start getting into that? Because I do have a partial smart home coming. It's partially, but it's not all of it. It's not smart home. I can make – I can – do the renovations to get it full smart home. Do you guys think that's what I mean? How think that's going to be viable? Like that, you could charge a little bit more. Oh, Come yeah. on, Mike, and you're taking away, you know, my idea to get to this twenty five million, man. <laughs> oh, that's what you wanted. You you trying to do smart homes? Oh yeah, man. So let's let's set the scenario up. You have your guests, right? Okay. They book your stay. They pick what type of, you know. Let's say they before they even get to the door, they have their groceries in the refrigerator. They have the lights dim a certain way. When they walk in the door, they're playing John um, Frank Sinatra, you know, beaming out of the Bluetooth speaker. And they're walking in and it's a serene environment. That's what smart homes can do for the guests. It brings another layer of providing hospitality and service to them. And they're willing to pay top dollar for that. Imagine if you just had, you know, what is it, Alexis, you know, chime in and say, hey, Micah, thank you for staying with us. You know, would you like to hear whatever your favorite music is? A lot of people would be willing to pay top dollar for that type of service. You know, it's funny you say that. I didn't know that was your idea for what. I didn't know you, you you're trying to go the smart home route because that, that is the good thing to break into. I do have a smart unit coming. It's okay. partially smart. I just got to add a few more things to it. Like I already have the um, smart uh, thermostat, smart security system. I already have Alexa in there. It's just a few more things I would have to add. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm thinking about turning. It's going to be my Little Rock house. It's already partially uh, smart. It's already had most of it. I, I think I'm going to try that, man. Mm. I'll let you guys know the numbers. <laughs> I think I think with the markets getting more, um, let's say saturated. Most a lot of people are doing Airbnb now, and not as many corporate. I don't I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of corporate, but um, you do, you really do have to do things like that to kind of differentiate yourself from the rest of the from the rest of the herd, right? Yeah, and I think the smart home things. That's a smart thing to do, man. You can get a smart home, especially with doing like because I think a lot of questions like. If you can program Alexa to answer certain questions like Wi-Fi password, all that, mm-hmm. dude, that's you, you can automate your Airbnb pretty quick doing that. Oh yeah. I wonder if there'll be like some paranoid people like, oh crap, on an Alexa's in here, they're gonna hear everything that I'm saying. Yeah, that. But then, I mean, if you advertise it as a smart home, people know what they're walking into. Because yeah, you do have the people that don't like being around certain technologies, but mm-hmm. I think. I think that's a. I think that's a man. That's a smart way to go if you get the smart home game going, man. They're spying on us, Micah. Of course, we're on <laughs> Skype, man. <laughs> yeah, man. That's 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 something to look into if you have the ability to get smart homes. But um, 
So what what apps are you using to help you uh, manage your listings and to help you grow and scale your company? Good question. So right now I'm using the Airbnb app, VRBO, and there's also a new application called Turnover BNB. Have you guys heard of that? I just downloaded that. I haven't I haven't what in- is that? implemented it yet. Okay. So Turn BNB is um, a platform to automate your cleaning um, with your respective, you know, cleaning company. So you would have your cleaning, you would sign on through the app. It's a free, by the way. And then you would have your cleaner sign on as a client and you would be able to automate, you know, the, I guess the gap in between turning over an an Airbnb. Um, You would be able to communicate with your cleaner and have pretty much automate the whole cleaning process. And the great thing about the app is that because it's free, there's two ways you could utilize. You could find cleaners through the app itself and their database, or you could go find your cleaner through whatever other platform and integrate them into the app. And it's all free of charge. Now, are are the um, are there a lot of cleaners on there? So there's not. Um, because of where we are based out in the DFW area, I only saw two cleaners that were available. Dude. Micah, me and your wives need to talk quick. I've been saying that, man. I, th- I thought they already did. Uh, as something came up, your wife couldn't come by that day. But they need to get on this, man. If there's only two other cleaners, they could they could clean oh up. My no God, pun intended. Yeah, you could, yeah they could, <laughs> like literally, if, if it's only two of them on there, you get a company. Man, let's not release this podcast for a while. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but like, yeah, that, that's like the hot thing. Like, if you if you can get a cleaning company that specifically focuses on Airbnbs right now, um, turnover. I, I haven't even heard that thing. I'm about to download it now. Actually, turnover BNB. That, that, that's a hot. That's a hot thing right now. Uh, I interviewed a gal um, named uh, Rachel Prince. And she interviewed the guy, the the who made who created the creator of Turnover BNB. Yep. It's gonna be a big company, man. We might throw some money at it. I don't know how, but we might try to throw some money at it. But anyways, um, it's it's a freaking brilliant idea. And he um he came on her show and he was talking about it. What I didn't, you know, I asked Rachel on the show because I was saying that's a great idea and everything. I think she utilizes it. I was like, but does the app come in Spanish too? And she's and she's like well, she's kind of wondering why I'm asking that. I was like, well, in this area, a lot of the cleaners are Hispanics, so I mean, it's a big deal if you can make the app in English and Spanish, where you know it could translate for the people too. Because you're trying to you yeah. know get a hold of cleaners, you're trying to you know you're trying to communicate with them. Yeah, that's the one good thing about Airbnb. They did that. You know, yeah. you can just translate it to English. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, man, that's a big that's a big one right there. So uh, what what other apps are you using? So I'm using that. Um, I use Cozy.co, so that's a way for me to accept payments and you know be able to do background checks and other verifications. And pretty much that in uh, Google Calendar. Pretty much that's it. I try to keep it very simple. So Cozy.co, that's for more like your um, your long term rentals, right? Correct. Your corporate rentals. Okay, because, yeah, there's no... Um, well, unless... See, I don't know, because me and Micah are on Furnish Finder, and I don't know, I guess maybe they don't do background checks and stuff like that on there. 
with Furnish Finder, they typically request you to, they'll direct you through Cozy, but that Furnish Finder themselves does not do background checks. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, um, yeah, good info, bro. I need to, um, I need to um, look into these. I really need to finish my turnover.com. Do you, ha- do you use host, like a Hostfully app, kind of like um, to set up guest books and stuff like that? Nah, I don't really use those. Do you kind of have you made have you thought about making a guest book? I have actually. Um, I just felt like I kind of wanted to establish my systems in place before I start integrating Hostfully and all the other uh, platforms available that are available. Um, just because I feel like as a property manager, I feel like you have to really understand your systems and how everything is streamlined. Well, from an engineer standpoint, let me say that, that if there's a mistake that is made within your process, you know, things could go wrong. I give an example. Um, if I use uh, turnover BNB and there's a dis- mis- uh, miscommunication between the cleaning uh, between the cleaning service and the guest is not there, you know, and a, a new guest comes in um, and the place that is not turned over and cleaned. Well, because of my system, my system is flawed now. And now that would lead me to get, uh, you know, a possibly a one star review. So I try to really focus on making sure that my system, I'm using the basic tools to keep my property and my systems going and then i'll start implementing hostfully and other guest platforms that makes sense awesome man so is there any like um advice or tips or you know some josh isms that you could throw out there to to our listeners like how to get started what they should do um i don't know just advice that you could give to them uh, to to start out doing um start doing do, uh, doing airbnb or corporate or long term or whatever they want to do okay so my first piece of advice would be just the as what what did it say on bigger pockets ready fire aim hmm. really just jump in if you have a bedroom or even a sofa couch just try out airbnb or the other platforms and see you know what you learn from it and then from there, you know, you can start, if you have an interest in it, you seem to develop some type of passion towards it, then you can expand and try to, you know, inquire more. But I think a lot of us, I think the reason why a lot of us are not where we want to be is because we're so caught up in the fear of, oh, what if we have a partier to come in our place and trash our place or if something goes wrong, that we tend to get stuck and we don't do anything. So my best piece of advice is just to just jump in and just try it and see what happens. And of course you're gonna fail, but you're not really failing, you're learning from that. And then you grow, that's how you'll grow. You have any further questions, Micah? No, man, that was a, that was a good interview, man. You, you, you're definitely onto something, man. You're starting out, but you have plans dream well plans visions and ambitions you're gonna go man you're gonna go just keep at it 
definitely. It's really inspiring, especially from the younger generation. You know, kicking some butt. Yeah, man. They got it all. They got it all out there in front of them. And so, th- see, when when you're saying crash and you're saying you know this and that, I don't know, man. Maybe this younger generation has something. Maybe they're not going to make the same mistakes as previous generations, and they're gonna they're gonna keep it going, keep this um keep this economy rolling full steam. Or there's going to be a huge crash. Either way, whatever. We'll be sitting. <laughs> we'll be waiting for it. <laughs> That's true. Well, uh, where can people find you, Josh? So you can check us out on our website, Comfy, C-O-M-F-Y, Livings, L-I-L. I'm sorry. ComfyLivings.com. And or you can find me on LinkedIn, Josh Attaboy. Or Adaboye, whatever you prefer. Nice. So definitely hit up Josh. He's great. He'll um, he'll talk to you one on one. And yeah, man, it's just um, he's a great he's a great dude. He's at the, he's at all the meetups, and he's just um, he's at, he's he's, great, he's kicking butt and taking names. Yeah, man, he is on it. <laughs> oh, one last thing I just wanted to say. <laughs> uh, just a quick thing. It was kind of random, but Go this ahead. is why. Home away. I don't know if you know this, Steve. It was kind of I had talked about it. Home away doesn't allow you to sublet. You know that? Really? Without written permission from the actual owner of the property. Oh damn! I didn't know that. No, it would be scary if Airbnb decided to go that route. But no, that, I don't know. Airbnb is about the money anyway. Can get yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. But yeah, man. So yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. But yeah, man, that was it, man. Um, but yeah, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for coming on the show, Josh, man. Um, remember, you can find us at LiveLetThrive.com. Find us at uh, ShareBnB.com. Find Josh at Comfy Living. Oh, yeah, might remember to sign up. If you want to become an Airbnb host or you're adding a new property, sign up from one of our links on Live, Let, Thrive, and we will give you a personal consultation. Boom. That's Is it going to be free? Yeah. You yeah. sign up under us, it's free. The first nah. 30 seconds are free, and then it skyrockets after that. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, there you go, man. So, yeah. Uh, Great show. You gonna uh, Josh is going to be hopping on, you know, in the future, you know, every, every now and then. So we're going we're gonna to all see his progress and all live vicariously through him. For, for Josh and for Micah, this is Steve. Live, let, thrive. Peace out, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.